You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast. And despite what the title may lead you to believe, this is a podcast about the joys and challenges of being a professional PHP developer. Your hosts are three passionate developers who make a living coding and who live stream every week to discuss coding, projects, work, tech, and running a business. And now, here are your hosts, Eric Van Johnson, John Congdon, and Tom Rideout. It's March 30th, 2023, a day that will go down in the history books. We have the start of the 2023 baseball season. We have a ex-president who's been indicted. And we have the 329th show of PHP Ugly. Two out of these three are going to be just monumental. You may be surprised to find out which one is. I'm Eric Van Johnson. This is our weekly podcast where me and a couple of my friends get together and we talk about PHP, the PHP community, and anything else that's going on in our world. I would say three developers, but I don't know if I can say that anymore. If you've been listening to the show, you know, one, one person has kind of kind of wandered off, but it's okay. All three of us are here, so we still try to talk development when we can. This show's made a little bit better uh, through some support. Uh, we have a sponsor, HoneyBadger.io, and we have supporters on Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash phpugly. We want to thank all of them, and we will talk about them a little later in the show. But for now, we record every Thursday night, 9 p.m. West Coast time here in the U.S., and you can be part of that live stream. All you have to do is pop into our Discord at discord.phpugly.com and chat it up with us. That Discord channel is something that runs all week long. We all hang out in there throughout the week. Some great conversations in there. So it's not just a only during the live stream. You can make new friends there. But for now, let me get started off with some of my friends. John Condon. I'm frustrated. You forgot one of our new sponsors. We'll talk about them in a minute. I was, I was, I was going to let us build up to that. I'm building up to it right now. I'm part of that. And Tom, right up. <laughs> Hello. Glad Hello. to be here. If you hear some ambient noise behind me, that's because I've got my server rack up and running. And we told you it would be loud. Yeah, well, it's, and it's yes, not. Yes, we can hear it. It's not loud yet. Oh, it, yes, it is. <laughs> it's loud already. I don't hear it in there. Well, it's more warm than loud, but you can't tell that from here. <laughs> we tried telling you that what, three on weeks your ago? <laughs> gets, it gets a little toasty in here. Welcome to server life. Yeah, no kidding. You, me you, you mentioned the, the opening day. And our Padres are not doing so well right now. We have a whole games. SoCal opening day. I, I, I think the Dodgers, the Angels, and the Padres are all home for opening day, which I don't know how often that happens. And I'm not positive that. I would have to double check. But I'm, I know the Dodgers are. I know the Padres are. And I think the, I think the Angels might be as well. So, yeah. Lots of baseball. Lots of baseball. It's just getting started. Just Which getting is started. Why, baseball is why we are starting late. We can say that, too. Yeah. I, 
I, I got pulled into a mandatory manager's meeting for minors B little league. And it was like, I, I got to the end. I'm like free beer or go podcast with my friends, free beer, go podcast. With my friends. It was a tough call. I left. There so that's at, why we're starting I, late. I left there at eight 57. I didn't get my second free beer because I wanted to hang out with you guys. I could have oh. just hung out. And yeah. I mean, you can go back and get your beer if you want. <laughs> All right, see you. So, some interesting rule changes in baseball. If if you know, I'm a big baseball fan, so I really look forward to the baseball season. We have some um, clocks now on the pitcher and the batter and how long they can they can take to get ready. There's like this. Did there's a rule about last year? or. Mm-mm. Nope, this is the first year. It, it was in the minors last year. At least I think it's been minors for the last couple of years. Kind of sworn there was a uh, some sort of clock on the on the pitcher recently. Yeah, and uh, pitchers can only try to pick off a runner. I think twice or so, or some weird thing like that. I, I don't know what that is. And what's even in what's cooler? I don't know if it's cooler or what, but the bases are physically larger now. That, what that was, really? That was move. Yeah. They they did that. Uh, they're hoping to help prevent some injuries. Not insignificantly larger too. It's it's a pretty like recognizable difference. Yeah, but you think about how many like outs were either made or missed by fractions, fractions of a second. Yeah, it's, and that that extra base might make that difference. It's very interesting. Hmm. I did not know any of that stuff. Surprisingly. So, John. You called me out. You said I missed I a sponsor. I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure I missed a sponsor. Who would I have missed? I am sure you missed a sponsor because I have the information right here. Um, I thought you were going to say you were the sponsor. That would be pretty weird. This episode brought be. to you by John's sweet-ass haircut. <laughs> no, we, we signed a deal with JetBrains and PHP Storm is an official sponsor of not only PHP Tech, but of PHP Ugly and the PHP Podcast. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. And the magazine. You're going to see ads pop up in the magazine as well. So, I've always said I was a, I was a PHP Storms guy. Always. <laughs> Just going to go and delete Storms this guy. card real quick. <laughs> <laughs> No, super excited to have them on board. I mean, we've touted PHP Storm for years as far as if you're a professional PHP developer, if you're making money from the PHP language, you should probably be using something like PHP Storm. Yes, mm-hmm. it, the IDE does cost money, but there are a ton of features with it. And obviously, we'll talk about it more later on, but the Vim bindings in it are really good. And that's what got me into using their IDE because, you know, for a long time, all I used was Vim. So the fact that they have Vim bindings and the customizations in the IDE where you could not touch the mouse if you wanted to not do so is great. So love it. So happy to have them on board. Exciting stuff. Exciting stuff. For sure. Um, but until then, Eric, I want to hear about your week. Why are you doing this to me, John? 
I lied. Tom, I want to hear about your week. <laughs> Tom, how was your week? Because oh, we always boy. do us first, so I was trying to give you a chance. Jeez. It has been it has been an interesting week. Um, uh, I'm somewhat getting back into the Laravel game, if uh, you can believe it. What? Yeah, we've got some components that have made their way, and uh, so now there's quite a bit of Laravel discussion internally. Uh, it's very interesting. And uh, so, when you say that, is it like spinning up microservices, or is it working it into your big application? Yeah, it's uh, a, a lot of replacing old monolithic stuff with more streamlined uh, coding standards. You know, a lot of it has to do with the sort of MVC coding standards that Laravel really enforced with uh, directory structures and services and controllers. So getting a lot of uh, functionality out of just the ideas that Laravel had, uh, as well as implementing some of the uh, tools that Laravel provides, you know, as as part of uh, Illuminate packages. So are you pulling in just some of their packages or are you pulling in the entire framework? Right now it's just bits and pieces. Uh, we're not pulling a full <clears throat> framework in from anywhere. We, we probably never, ever will. We're just not in a position to. It, it can be hard. I mean, we've, we've done presentations at SDPHP in the past on how to do so, how to work it into your legacy app. Mm -hmm. So it's not, not impossible. We've done it with one of our biggest clients where it's, it's one of those weird things where it's like you either do a full rewrite or you start to migrate. And here we are years later still doing that migration where we still we still live in both worlds and we probably will for many years, but we have the ability to use a framework when we want to, which is really nice. Yeah. So uh, a lot of work around that, a lot of work around uh, payment processing with Apple pay. It is a rough, unenjoyable process. <laughs> so uh, in discord, buttery asked what, uh, whatever happened to Lumen? I'm pretty sure uh, Lumen is just uh, not being like, I'm not sure. I don't think it's being iterated on anymore. I believe that it is still up to date or it's still generally being kept up to date. There is a 10x really? version. Yeah. What? There's a 10.x version of Lumen. Uh, one well, of the things about the development cycle for it is that it's a afterthought to Laravel, so it doesn't get the same attention until after the release of Laravel. It's usually a couple weeks after, um, but it is still being maintained. Uh, there's also stuff like Laravel Zero. You know, there's there's the Laravel ecosystem has so many different micro frameworks of different types. Yeah, I have not heard of Laravel Zero. So Laravel Zero is a, a CLI thing, um, and yeah. I actually saw an interesting article today about. Uh, a packager for Laravel Zero or for, for CLI apps in general called Hallable. Did you guys see this at all? Mm -mm. No. Uh, if you run uh, macOS or Linux, you can have it build executables out of a PHP FAR that will execute in uh, Windows, Linux, macOS, and... Uh, 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 both versions of macOS. 
So you can build it as like a .exe, and when they run it, they get a CLI program out of it. I thought that was very interesting. That is. I mean, I, I use I use a far as executable, but it's on Linux, and it's just because I can start it up with PHP pretty easily. Yeah. So if you if you have PHP installed, you can execute a far just like any other PHP file, but. Uh, now with Hollable, you can execute it as standalone with no requirements. Kind of defeats the pur purpose of it being a scripting language, but... Oh, we're going to catch flack for that language. Nah, a actually, a far, a far is not scripted anyway. Far is all brought down, right? No, no, it's, it's just a zip file. Yeah, I, so I actually... One of the, the main applications I use for the magazine I used to build into a far file but I had the code locally so I'd make changes build it to the far and then install it in the, the central location I'm like this is dumb because I'm iterating on it so often I'm like I'm just going to run the main thing I don't need the far anymore aside, that, uh, aside from that my week has been much better since my cats have normalized to the new house so my have you normalized to the new house? I, I have now. Uh, it's very nice. I, I'll actually be posting some pictures of the uh, entertainment center setup and uh, the server rack into our Discord channel. You're, I'm sorry, but your server rack is driving me crazy because it's covering part of your window. Yes. It's not supposed to be in that orientation. I, it wasn't last week. I was going to say something about that. Yeah, so it's plugged in now, and the plug is too short. And I sent uh, the wife out to get a an appliance-grade extension cable, like six-foot extension cable. And she came back with a garden-grade uh, three-plug like three cable that was not going to handle the required amperage from this thing, so... I'm, I'm still at a loss at why this is even a thing, but... You do you, man. There's, well, there's I'll, I'll, so show you one, he, I'll show you one. I'll show you one. He needs heat in his room. <laughs> That's it, right? <laughs> in the summer, it's not going to be running. You realize that. So I've got three of these bad boys. Three boxes. I got three, boxes. three of these waiting to be installed into a server, and that should provide me last week. Good long time. I did. Did I show you this? He, he doesn't remember my my eight terabyte <laughs> Exos drives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why. Why? <laughs> because you need eight Ooh. terabyte. Drive? Yeah, we talked about it last week, and as soon as I said, he's like, "Yeah, don't say that." <laughs> so if you want to know, go back to last week's show and because, check it out near the end. Yes, because my my parents' uh, Netflix account mm -hmm. no longer works in my house. John, how was your week? My week's been pretty good. Uh, I actually posted in. It's weird with our Discord channels because now we kind of run two of them and it, I feel bad cross-posting on them. But I got so excited because one of my bigger features as of late was around event sourcing and it got merged in. And I think I started it probably November last year. And it, it's gone through all of these iterations. And when I started it, it was like, do we event source it? Do we not? And that's, I pushed for that piece. And it just lingered on and just became this monstrous thing. And what was annoying was 
<clears throat> I got a good way into it. And then people, it was replacing something that already existed in the code base. And I had it working. I was ready for, you know, review. And then lo and behold, somebody else was working on something else in the old system. It's like, oh, great. Now I got to go incorporate that. And that happened two or three different times into it. And then January, February, the event happened with our with the client. And it kind of revolved around that, meaning half the code I wrote no longer worked, was no longer necessary. I did all of this work for no reason. So when it was all said and done, the feature got released, but ended up removing way more lines than I actually wrote, which was very weird. <laughs> it's always nice when you're you're negative on your uh, final code. Usually, I mean, I really do like removing code. It, it, it's a fantastic feeling when you're expecting it to happen. When I went back and looked at the pull request and saw that, I was like, wait, that does. Uh, yeah, that, I guess that does make sense. So. The fact that yep. it's in the code base now, and the the weird part it was, it became that pull request became a blocker for this massive amount of additional work to be done, uh, over the next you know, two three months, and we kept putting it off because we're like, well, we're waiting on this pull request, so to finally have it approved and merged was like a huge weight off my shoulders, and I'm excited about that. Super, I keep touting the event sourcing drum, and I know Eric and I have talked about it quite a bit. And there's so many pros and cons to it, but at the end of the day, the pros to me outweigh the cons. And I'm just, I really like the subject, and I, I have this desire to continue learning more about it. Cool, cool story, bro. I don't know if it was, but <laughs> well, all right, now I you're had... like. I had a pretty good week coding. Um, although my team, who I enjoy working with very much, despite what I might post on Mastodon <laughs> from time to time, uh, brought to my attention story. today that I have to I have to rethink my tests because we finally have. Um, th and this was the plan the whole time. I I had just been procrastinating implementing it because we had so many other things going on uh we we have a requirement to have longitudes and latitudes for various objects within the application and it was cool because the the reason i'm bringing this up is because i use something i have haven't used in the past and now i'm kind of like yeah this is pretty slick why don't i use it all the time um, it's called, it, so it's the Laravel framework and my, my piece is just an API backend. So I, I'm not messing around with uh, front end stuff or anything like that, but I implemented the Laravel observer and it, it was always one of the things I kind of blew over because I'm like, okay, I'm not really sure where you would use this at, but, but it worked out fantastically. So this is the application, back to John's point, that I've been working on that has event sourcing. And as part of that whole workflow, uh, because a lot of data needs to be available immediately to another piece of the application, 
uh, I project uh, a certain event. Let's just call it event. I, I will project an event uh, to a database table. And that's actually what my API presents to the front end and anybody else that, that happens to be using it is, is what's been projected to the database table. Uh, so for the longitude and latitude, you know, obviously there's an address that's being added at some point. And I was thinking, I'm like, well, where am I going to put this at? Like, where am I going to do a lookup for the longitude and latitude? And I, I kind of remembered somebody talking about the observer, which is essentially ties to a model. And you tell it, hey, whenever you do this to a model, so let's say it's it's tied to the you know, event sourcing model. Whenever you do a create, update, delete, you know what, whatever function it is you want, run something else, do something else, and it just keeps your code clean, so you don't have to remember. Oh, I need to look up longitude and latitude here. I need to look up longitude and latitude when I create a file, or I need to look up longitude and latitude when the file is updated. So instead of trying to remember to put all this stuff in all these various spots, I just do it in the, in the observer. I'm like, hey, when this is created, look up longitude, latitude, get the information, and and you know file it away. And when it's updated, do the same thing. And it worked fantastically. Very so, happy with it. So this is happening on the projection piece when you when you project it. Yeah, that that that's what it's tied. It's tied to that piece. Yeah, is it worth? And are you possibly already doing this? Taking that in a vitting, uh, emitting another event to update your aggregate so it knows what it needs in the future. So here's the thing. Um, I thought about that, and I I didn't have a real use case for it because the aggregate has the address in it. And that's what the aggregate is like tracking. And it's really mainly important because we need to know when somebody changes that or if somebody changes that, you know, who changed it, when they changed it, why they changed it. The longitude and latitude is just kind of, it's just something we're using on the front end for mapping. Mm -hmm. So it's not anything that they're inputting directly. They're just putting in an address where we're doing the conversion. Um, so I'm like, there's no reason for it to be in the event stream. We have the address of the event stream. So I will project the address out. And when I project the address out, it will look up a longitude and latitude for that address just so the front end could have it. Yeah. In my mind, the, the observer is cool. It, it's a great use case for it. I would probably update the the event stream when I am adding or updating the address within the aggregate itself, just so that I have the data there as part of that, that piece. So if you, something you, you would, you would put the longitude and latitude back into the event stream. <clears throat> so I take that, I walk that back where I said that where to have the observer do that, I would probably change my event sourcing piece where, because you have an event to add or update an address or, at some point, you're putting that information into the aggregate. At that point, I would probably do that lookup. Let me go get this. Because in my mind, I want that. Not that you need it. You may not at all. 
but I would want that in the aggregate for some other part of the system that might say, hey, go give me this event. Again, we're using event loosely here. I wasn't talking to you. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear. Hey, Google, stop. Uh, I would probably put that in the event stream just so that it is part of the aggregate moving forward. But what if it was a I motor just, home? I, I, I don't see the benefit of that, though, because if we have the address, if we have the address, I, I don't see the, the benefit of just having this longitude latitude. Because, again, nobody <laughs> uses it except for the the front end when, when it's draw, drawing the maps. So I think that goes back to that notion of nobody's using it. You're talking about the ag within the aggregate, right? Is that what you mean? Nobody's using it? Right. So I, to me, that's the downside. That's the downside of thinking that way when it comes to event sourcing. The whole point is let's have the data there, even though nobody, nothing in, in our current workflow uses that we don't know what's going to happen in the future. So but, while it's part, while it's part of your read model, which is great, you don't know what's going to happen, you know, in a year with your aggregate and how it's going to grow and be used. So to have that data available at that moment within there might be useful. Yeah. I don't know if I see that or not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not totally discounting it, but not positive. I see it. Uh, I see. I had a fight for that with a task I'm currently working on where there's this form that's collecting just this massive amount of data. It's like six pages of, of data on a form. And a lot of that data is replacing a form that we currently have that the system itself needs. As of right now, nothing else in our system cares about the rest of the data on that form. Let's say there's five pages of data on there that our system doesn't care about, but the people that process the data care about. So as of right now, somebody goes through the six pages, fills everything out, the information gets emailed off to the people that process it. We also wanna take the data that we currently care about and get it into our current projection, or not even projections, but our current read models. I had a fight and say, no, we want all of that data, everything that's there, whether we project it out right now or not, it should be part of the event stream because we don't know what we don't know. We don't know what's going to happen I guess in that, the future. I guess that's my point. And we don't have to keep harping on this. We, we can move on. But, but what my, my final kind of statement on this uh, and Frank in discord, who, who is a PHP architect developer, we do appreciate you. I'm not completely sure I understand your statement either. Uh, once you add the longitude latitude in the stream, you don't have to do the API hit for it again. That I'm not sure I follow. That's not true. I, th I think the point he's making is that if you have to rebuild your projections, you don't have to hit, you're not going to hit the API again for the longitude and latitude. If it's in the stream, then you can always fetch it from the stream when you rebuild mm -hmm. projections. Yeah. It, it, okay. None of that's to say you did anything wrong. Like the way you did it is perfectly Sounds fine. Sounds like you're saying that. Case. Yeah, I was going to say. I'm, I'm just saying how really I backpedaling would have now. <laughs> I'm just saying how I would have done it just a little bit differently in an event sourced world. I did some pair programming with my friend Matt, who helped me helped me get my head around 
customize service providers. Uh, that was another thing that I always felt like I wanted to do. Like I felt like it was a, it was a good use case. And again, this it happens to be this longitude latitude was the use case for it, where that that lookup is actually now a custom service provider with a you know service that we can add, swap out, whatever we want to do uh, to how we're looking at the longitude and latitude. So currently today we're using Google's geocoding. So I have a generic geocode service and then I have a Google geocode service and I can add other services that do longitude latitude lookups if I want. And it's the custom service provider where I can add some logic that says, hey, if this, uh, if the environmental variable is set to Google, use the Google service. If it's set to this, or or if the client requests, uses this service, whatever, whatever we want to do. But now I can have the multiple services that go to my generic geocode service, and it was it felt really good to because I ripped out so much code. And I and I, I my my initial approach to it was a repository pattern because I that's what I do I I put everything into a repository pattern, and just doing it I'm like oh man, like this is an external service that I don't manage I don't really want to build a repository for it I I it just doesn't seem right I like I want to build a service for it, and I started working on that and. Then I'm like, okay, how am I going to get the customized configurations into it? Do I just, you know, hard code the config uh, in, in what it is? And and that's where I, I had reached out to Matt. I'm like, hey, man, I'm like, I know you've done this in the past. You know, what is the best approach? And he probably spent an hour, hour and a half with me, refactored all this code. And it was just like one of those moments where, A, I understood the concept now where I thought I had understood it before, but I had never implemented it. And then when I went to try to implement it, I struggled. I'm like, that, you know, it just wasn't working the way I thought it should be working. So he kind of walked me back a little bit, explained to me, you know, what I was doing wrong, what I was doing right, and helped me refactor everything. And it, it was just one of those things that I understood it, it cleaned up the code nicely, and it made the code much more flexible moving forward. I was just like, yeah, baby, I'm liking this. You you keep saying Matt. Is this friend of the show, Matt Lance? Matt Lance and contributor to and the PSP Architect magazine. He does uh, PSP. Uh, wait, 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 what do you call Art, Artisan, Artisan Way? Artisan, Artisan Way. Way. Yeah. So he uh, he writes to uh, he writes about Laravel every month, and uh, I do appreciate. It. He's a he's a longtime friend of mine. I'm hoping. He's probably not going to make it to tech. He's looking to have his second kid. So it's, uh, yeah, he was very inconsiderate when he decided to knock up his wife and just did it where she would be giving birth during tech. So whatever. I was going to say, that's a pretty narrow window to work with. And he could have like had some restraint. Right. I mean, it's almost like he tried to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Bastard. All right. You know, uh, you know who else is an excellent service provider? Who was that? Honey Badger. I don't have the script though, so. Well, what the hell? Why did you? Why did you jump into it? I was <laughs> giving you the chance to like take take the segue your direction. 
No, that's not how that works. <laughs> All right. Uh, if you've listened to the show for any amount of time, you know that um, Honey Badger has been with us for, for quite a while. Not only have they been with us for quite a while, but we, and when I say we, I'm talking about John and I, and PHP Architect, uh, have been with Honey Badger even longer. Um, so if you're not aware of what Honey Badger is, it's basically a service. And, and I'm not even going off the script because the script's over here. And I I, start, I can read the script if you want. It's, it's just, I don't do reads very well. But here, I'll read it to you. And then we'll, we can talk about it a little bit more. But it says, do you currently... Do you currently use one service for uptime monitoring, another for error tracking, and another for status pages, and yet another to monitor monitor your cron jobs and microservices? Paying for all that might be, uh, sorry, paying for all those services separately may be costing you more than you think. If you want to simplify your stack and lower your bill, it's time to check out Honey Badger. Honey Badger combines all those services into one easy-to-use platform. It's everything you need to keep production healthy and your customers happy. Best of all, Honey Badger is free for small teams. Not free for us. We've been paying for it. And setup <laughs> takes as little as five minutes. Get started today at HoneyBadger.io. That's www.HoneyBadger.io. And that you, is you not say, a short sell. Yeah, I was going to say, you say we've been paying for it like, there's malice in your in that, and it's like no, it's been a a it's, great service, and there's a reason we pay for it. In that that whole five minute setup, that's not an exaggeration. It, it is wickedly simple to set up and to see the 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 monitoring right off the bat is very nice. So I do I do actually stand very much behind Honey Badger, um, and I would appreciate there, there's no. There's no affiliate code I can give you. There's no way they will know that you came from my show. So you don't they don't need to know you listen to the show. But I would strongly recommend you give them a look because it's very well worth it. Yeah, I am a little jealous of you guys being able to use it as much as you do because I don't get to use it in my my day-to-day life. And uh... honestly, we should probably be using it more, and uh that might happen. Uh, we'll see. Uh, John, do we have a read for PHP Storm? We do not yet, and you don't go from one ad right into the other. So I do. I absolutely do, <laughs> especially when we're thirty minutes into forty minutes into the show. We need to update this, but there you go. Scan <clears throat> that. Go. Scan that QR code. Go to Honey Badger. Uh, we're making some progress. Uh, th- th- this. Is it, this weekend's going to be a big weekend for tech, for for John and I in tech. We uh, we get the equipment moving, right? Yeah, is that this no, weekend? It's a, no, it's a week from this weekend. A week from this weekend, right? So okay, week next away. weekend, we, we're going to get our get the equipment closer to the conference. We are, we're taking meetings with sponsors, and getting their stuff to the conference, and. All sorts of fun things are happening. We're excited and terrified and excited and you know, and, just in our pants and, a little bit. And terrified. <laughs> Oops, wrong yeah. one. <laughs> uh, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. See how it goes. Yeah. Yeah, I I can't even imagine the stress. 
Are you going to be yeah. there, Tom? I haven't seen your ticket come come across. I, it has not come. Yet. It has not come through yet. I'm working on it. I've I've got a uh, uh, in person meeting the week before in uh, San Jose. So, are you waiting till then to decide if you're kind of coming out with us? No. <laughs> All right. No, I'm trying to I'm trying to work out things. Uh, my wife wants to come to tech as well uh, and tour the city while I educate myself uh, and spend I, some time with I her sister. I would recommend get your flight in your hotel room now because we're actually selling out of hotel rooms. Like they are quickly that. fully. Yeah. I would recommend taking care of that ASAP. Even I will. I will. The get rest that of your team's tomorrow. not gonna. Yeah, if you're, the rest of your team's not gonna be there, that sucks. I would love to to have them, but get your your travel and your hotel booked. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, uh, should we move on to some news? Are you guys interested in hearing something kind of kind of cool, kind of weird, kind of kind of kooky? Would love well, weird and kooky. We're we're, we're not we're not big twitter people anymore i i was uh i enjoyed twitter very much back in the day and, and I 2008 still, to 2012 was the golden <laughs> years i still feel like i have my my stream pretty well you know dialed in but like so many people are leaving twitter like the people that interest me are moving on to mastodon and uh i don't know where else they're going and and honestly i had problems with my stream and i'm I'm not pointing fake fingers. I'm not saying it's because of this or because of that. I, I don't care. But I honestly had problems with my stream where, like, I was getting an ad. Every third tweet was an ad. And I was getting tweets from people I, I wasn't following. I'm like, who the hell? Why do I care about this? You know? So I was I was getting a lot of noise. That seems to have cleared up a little bit. but uh, But that's not what we're here to talk about. Uh, what's really interesting is that it appears, let me put this up on the screen for us to, to gawk at, it appears the, the Twitter source code had been leaked online, and it wasn't even leaked recently. Like, it's been online <laughs> for, like, a year or something what? like that. Like, it's it was, uh, and not the whole source code, I, I'm sorry, only portions of it, right? So it's not the whole, like, Twitter platform. But portion, portions that shouldn't have been public were, were public. And uh, so that's out there now. Do you see that? Interesting. I can. I, I, move, I moved the card over so that people can see it. Did they, any, any news on how it got leaked or where it was at? I don't, I don't remember reading it, but, uh, oh, here, here, right there. It says the account uh, was created on January 3rd and does not appear to have posted any other material besides the Twitter code. So, uh, sounds like somebody just did, did Twitter dirty, man. Just <laughs> went on and said, I'm just putting this out there. Just create a repo. I'll just accidentally mark it as public, and uh, yeah, we'll see who notices. Yeah, I mean, Elon's <laughs> been Elon's been promising to open source a bunch of the Twitter code already. Oh, has he? Yeah, he he keeps saying you know for transparency's sake and et cetera, et cetera. But you know, I mean, he he's also that the, that is some not of the, the link changes. you had in in the. Uh... Show notes. Just it is ago. not. Yeah. Oh, let me let me update that. Yeah, I, I yeah. had another one in the show notes because and then I switched it because that one had a paywall. 
I apologize to the people in Discord. Here, I apologize because I'm the one that moved it over. Yeah. Yeah, there, there is the one that, that I had up on, on the screen. It's a CNN report. That that will be coming in a second. I hate those paywalls, man. I hate them with a passion. Yeah, uh, I don't As know. As you're building one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys have followed Twitter is going great lately, but boy, it's it's just a mess. Is that a is that a Twitter handle or is that a site? It is a site. Twitter is going great.com. All right. Gonna have to check that out. Yeah. And it just sort of has all the latest news about the tragedy that is Twitter, uh, since having been acquired. Uh, the most recent thing, you know, being that, uh, the for you section of Twitter's page will now only be populated with people who are blue check marks. Oh, I heard, but that's not real, right? Yeah. Is that so real? it's people you follow and blue check marks. Really? So th- yeah. that's actually happening. That's so that's the thing that's happening. Uh, there's also a, a secret list of people who are uh, boosted on Twitter. Uh, so mm. if you have one of these VIP accounts, then uh, your stuff shows up frequently. I personally, my, my phone keeps sending me Elon Musk tweets that I'm not subscribed to him. I don't read his stuff. It just keeps sending them to me. Uh, and yeah. it's, it's not all of his tweets and it's not anything that's like an official announcement. It just seems like it's a random assortment of what he thought was especially funny meme. Like there's, there's always an Elon Musk tweet in my stream on right. the, on the, on the page. Like every time I load the page, there's an Elon Musk tweet in there and i'm same way i don't follow him i don't i don't care about that guy uh but yeah he, he's always on my stream somewhere it's, it's drives me crazy and in the the mobile app is even worse you, you so you said your mobile app i i almost don't even go to twitter on my mobile app anymore because i can't stand it it drives me up the wall right. it's just it's just add 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 weird tweet somebody else's tweet and it's just gotta search for people it sounds like a, it sounds like you should read an article in the upcoming PHP Architect magazine all around um, Mastodon. Ah. Hopefully, well, there's there's also <laughs> not new features. So, if you, hint, if you contributor, get it to us. If you want that uh, visibility boost of being a blue checkmark user, but don't want the stigma of being known as a blue checkmark user, you can actually now or you will soon be able to pay for it and then hide it from other viewers. So you will get you will get a blue <laughs> check mark, you will get a blue check mark and then hide it. Well well that that's that's a flip of the script. Huh? Everybody everybody wanted the blue check mark so bad for so many years. Now it's like this is, okay, they I, wanted I want, it when you could when you couldn't pay for it. It's yeah. turning but into a types of kryptonite story. Where like you know there's there's Kryptonite is the big thing that that hurts Superman, but there's like black kryptonite and pink kryptonite, and that's where we're getting with this because now there's gold check marks, gray check marks, blue check marks, and then hideable check marks, <laughs> and then there's a secret VIP list that has nothing to do with check marks, and in all of this work that he has done, Twitter has lost half of the value it had since he paid for it. 
I saw uh, that. So if you're fun, looking fun, for a genius fact, investor... Did you realize that another weakness of Superman's is magic? So you can literally yes. take him down with a card trick? <laughs> Just that simple. That's, yeah. What? Magic. Superman has a weakness for magic. Like not, not a weakness for, a weakness to magic. So, like, in the superhero world, like, Doctor Strange can kick Superman's ass because he's magical. Today I learned. There you go. So, if you ever come up against Superman, you know, just do the old finger trick on him. Just, hey, look, <laughs> Superman, look. He just, <laughs> he just keels over. He can't handle it. Yeah, that's why uh, Zatanna is so powerful. It's not the cleavage. So, so the next thing I want to talk about isn't timely anymore. And what's frustrating me is I saw this happen last week, minutes before the show, because I was working on the magazine. And then I go to push to GitHub and I had, oh, errors, right. go I had errors galore. And I'm like, what the heck's going on? I have to, I had to remove. I'm used to that with some of my servers, right? I SSH to a machine, but the SSH key changes because the machine reboots every day. So I'm used to, hey, the SSH key has changed. Remove it from your your config file or your authorized host, and then try again, and you're good to go. GitHub had to rotate their keys last week, uh, last Thursday, and not a big deal. Somebody accidentally uh, committed their key to the to a repo, I think. So then they had to rotate keys. I mean, you say it, not a big deal, but when you have like, you know, what, a million, couple million people using your service, and you've got to I, tell them, oh, hey. I should have read the story. I don't, I think they caught it quickly. Like somebody made that mistake. They saw it and fixed it like really quick. It wasn't like, oh, it's been like this for a week and there's potential issues, but I don't know. I honestly am a little surprised. So we, we talked last week about how their uh, GitHub specifically is forcing, uh, forcing is a harsh word. Uh, they're making 2FA not optional anymore. You have to have it. That's great. Um, but I always, one of the first open source projects I tried to create, and, and I, I did okay, but I kind of, ultimately failed at it was a service or not a service an application that you could run on, on your machine that would rotate your ssh keys and you know update them uh update your public key on any servers that you had and then kind of the same thing for the servers where it would like rotate its keys and and i was just i I, I'm a fan. Now I say I'm a fan of rotating keys, and I, I've been rocking the same SSH key since like 2005. But we, I I used to have SSH keys for like every server. I, I don't know why I thought that was a good idea, but you know I I'm like okay if if somebody gets this SSH key if they get this private SSH key they can't get to any more of my servers. Now the problem with that, of course. I can't jump from server to server. So I couldn't do my SSH uh, agent forwarding. 
Um, mm -hmm. So every time I had, <clears throat> you know, I might have been on one server and I need to get to another server. I'm like, okay, now I got to go back. So it, it was it was frustrating, and, and I abandoned it pretty quickly. But yeah, I I'm, we, I don't think rotating SSH keys is a terrible idea. It's not, and we had talked a long time ago because you can get to anyone's public key on GitHub easily. You just go yeah. GitHub.com slash username.keys and you, you have their public keys. So you can easily make that your basically your repo for your public keys. Add your public key to GitHub, have your servers pull that down and say, okay, these are the public keys that are, are allowed to get to me. You're allowed to access me. As long as you have the private key locally, you're good to go. So you can rotate that, easily that way. That's actually my build script for, for user accounts. Um, so my users, like John and other PHP architect uh, administrators, they all have sudo, but I don't enable password logins. You can only log in through a key. So whenever I create the account, I go to their GitHub repo and I download all their public accounts. I set their password because they need a password for sudo. And I just tell them, hey, you know, here's your password. Change it or don't change it. I don't care. Nobody can log into the machine with it. But you know, if you want to make sure your sudo safe, change your password. So the first time they hit it, they're, you know, they, they, they technically log in because it has their public key. But then they're, they're, I force them to change their password the first time they log in. So you know, it's, it's this weird kind of cycle but i love it i love that because you don't have to ask people for their public keys like put it on github i'll you know my little script grabs it and yeah yeah i like your idea yeah we've talked about it in the past rotating rotating your your keys and just having your public key on github and just having a little script that goes and updates it yeah a cron script or something that constantly checks mm -hmm. and this is one of the one of the things i'll be running on my home server is teleport which is a special self-managed uh credential you know authorization thing for all of your other servers you've got used as a tsh command teleport teleport i think we talked we talked about it a week or two ago it we, yeah we, we we were talking about uh tail scale and he said there's an open source version of it called yeah teleport. it's very similar that in the show notes Although, TailScale is pretty cool. I wish they would sponsor something yeah. <laughs> before we talk about them. Wish they would just acknowledge my emails. That would be that would be awesome. Well, you know the reason the reason that this security stuff sort of keeps coming up, and it's hold hold on before you move on, Tom. Mm -hmm. Is this is this the teleport you're talking about? Yes. Go go teleport.com. Yes. There is a pricing section there. Uh, yeah, they have a managed versus self-hosted version. Yeah, yeah. We we ran into that this week with Melee Search. We we're we're looking mm. to implement some some search functionality with an actual search kind of backend. And we I mentioned Melee Search to the team, and they didn't they at the time hadn't realized it was an open source project that they could just self-host. So they were looking at the pricing compared to Algola and. A couple other things out there. I like, no, no, no. We can. I use it for PHP Roundtable. I just deploy a Docker, Docker file, and, and Laravel makes it so 
daggone simple to use. It's, it's yeah. ridiculous. Yeah, the you know for a while Algolia was the default search for Laravel, but uh, yeah, I melee remember search, those days. Yeah, yeah, melee search is the is the default now. Yeah, I like melee. I mean, it's it's super. It's re- it doesn't have all the bells and whistles for sure, but it it gets the searching done, and that's it. It handles like misspellings and things like that. So it, that's really all I care about. And, and for people listening, that you you think about this like teleport has a priced thing but you can also host it for free and you start wondering how do they make money we have a friend in the community that runs an an open source project and has a hosting thing and they're very happy with what's that and a lamborghini no 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 no. i mean yes that that person too but they're running uh a very successful business and are happy with the business they're running to the fact to the point that they're able to hire people and have people working for them yet all the code is still open source still free and some people are like that it's not possible but they're making over a million dollars a year it works it's, it's good you know we we can make a million dollars a year john if we just got one more. patreon to sponsor us at a million dollars a year well, that too. Yeah, I was you may notice it'd be better to have a million Patreons sponsoring us at a dollar. Yeah, I mean, it feels like it should be achievable. It, it really does. It feels like it. They're going to have to really invent some scrolling support for this page right here. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, or smaller fonts at very least. Now you might notice <laughs> that I have this marked as April, and we have a little April showers. And you might be saying to yourself, "But Eric, it's March." Yes, but up until last week, it was mar- marked as February, and I'm not going to mark it as March for one stinking week for you bozos. So, uh, yeah. Plus, it's been raining in Southern California for three weeks now. So, Oh, my God. It just doesn't stop. It just keeps raining. I mean, complain all you want, but I've seen pictures of the reservoirs full for the first time in 25 years. California doesn't have reservoirs. They don't know what to do with excess rain. What are you talking about? But Lake Hodges is a reservoir. I know, but I live right next to it. The the rain has been so bad. I've had two practices for my baseball team to the point where they had to call an emergency manager's meeting to say, hey, you guys need to figure out how to manage your team better. Well, just bigger umbrellas, right? Yeah. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I want to back up a little bit. Did you get yelled at tonight? I I feel like that was like you, you got yelled at. Like you no, better I, job, I, John. I, I did not. It turns out one of the managers supposedly who wasn't able to make it, there were a couple that couldn't make it tonight and they wouldn't name names or tell us what happened, was violating maybe they had minimum... a podcast. Yes. Maybe. And they, and they were able to make it on time, is what you're trying to say? Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> uh they were violating minimum play. So you, you have to let your the kids play, you know, some sort of equal amount of time. And I guess it's it was violated bad enough to the point where they are not going to be allowed to play or the manager can't be there for a game this weekend or something what so so like a kid was just wait, benched for wait. like several straight games they didn't tell us how how it was violated but it's supposed to be your first violation is a written warning your second violation is uh i don't know if they said ejection 
but you're not allowed to be there. Aren't and these kids they, like nine years old, eight, nine, nine years old? Nine and ten years old, yeah. <laughs> but it, it the I, whole point you know, is I, I can you got to let the kids I can play. Picture the coach you... in my head. No, he no, I just told, like I told, he looks totally just agree. like Eric with much shorter shorts. I totally agree with you, John. Like at nine or ten years old, it shouldn't yeah. matter. Give everybody playtime, right? right? Let them get on the field mm-hmm. and do so. The fact that you have coaches trying to manipulate the system and trying to get away with the shit with nine and ten years, ten year olds, it's like, what? What are you doing with so, your life, dude? Honestly, I, is I, why I dropped I, out when I was twelve. But I gotta, I gotta admit, I got caught up talking to the other coaches, where I'm like, I gotta put the the good pitchers in the pitching. I gotta put the good catchers in catching, and everybody else, I'm gonna either have in the outfield or third base or short or uh, shortstop and rotate them. Like I'll get the minimum play, but it's the minimum, minimum play. And after talking to somebody a couple days ago, I'm like, like you said, they're nine and 10. Who cares? Let them pitch. If, even if they can't reach the plate, let them pitch a little bit, let them play. And I'm like, I, I feel bad now for the past three or four games I've had where I'm like, trying to compete and it's not a competitive league at this point i could just imagine john at this right. meeting slapping coffee out of people's hands coffee's for closers <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about it was I see better life. swings on a gate <laughs> one of the, one of the one of the managers said that their ex-wife is a little overzealous and They've tried talking to the ex-wife and and saying you need to back off, but it's the ex-wife and you can't you can't tell them to leave. Right. And I guess they were getting up in the like yelling at the empires, and the empires are often 14, 15 year old kids. Oh, so easy targets. <laughs> now it's somebody, crazy. somebody who grew up in sports and specifically baseball for sure I, I i played every level of baseball um i've seen them all and my my friend who i played many years with his mom was one of those people where like i'm staring at the at the plate and she shows up and the umpire like we're like little kids the umpire is like shit she's here <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck it's your mom again yeah, yeah, yeah. She's gonna kick your ass. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, good, 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 good. Bad. I mean, some, some of it's been funny. Some of it was like, just like sad. It was like I, I, we had one that he, he, they yelled. It was it was the mom and dad, but they were always yelling at their kid. So they, it's not like they they yelled at the umpire. And just would make the kids start bawling. Let's, you know, they just like beat him down. I'm like, what are you doing? Shut up! Mm-hmm. To the point that you know, like my dad would go over and say, "Hey, you guys got to move. You can't sit here anymore." Yep, it can be an yeah. ugly, ugly little thing. Yeah, I feel like I need to pay more attention to that stuff because one of my assistant coaches, his, I've let his kid pitch a couple times, and he's over there. He's trying to be supportive in. Just throw it over the plate. Just play catch, you know. But it's when it's your kid, they don't listen to you. Mm-hmm. So I, I've tried telling them like, it, you might want to back down on it. But I'm not a very direct person, so I said something to him, but not clearly. So his wife talked to me just this past game, 
and I was like, yeah, I tried talking to her. She's like, I'll say something. <laughs> yeah, wise, I, I learned the wise very... are the secret. Get it, get in good with the wise. They, I they, learned in they little league that I'm I'm not a competitive person. I did really that. as you soon look as they like a natural athlete. Well, no, I mean competitive in any way, like video game competitions. No, not even that. It's it's not happening. I've uh, seen you play Rocket League. What are you talking about? Well, okay, a little bit. Are you the person that sits in that chair in the hotel room? No, 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 no. <laughs> no, I just uh, I, you know, when I when I got my first baseball uniform, they said, well, you know, what are what's that? What's this thing for? And they said, oh, that's your your stirrups for your feet. So why, the, why would I need that? These are the dumbest socks I've ever seen. So no, no, no. They go over your socks. Oh, come on. Seriously? You know why stirrups were invented? There's a story behind that. Because they're, because you couldn't get elastic. There was no such thing. So you had to have nope, some way of holding wrong. the pants You're down. wrong. Please let me explain because you're wrong. All right. I don't even know what you're were, talking about. Stirrups were invented because uh, the colors, the dyes that they were using for the original socks... Uh, if they would infect the ball player, like if they got a sore on their foot or something, it would <laughs> infect it. And so, and it it like took one person, some popular ball player, it took him out for like two months. So they're like, okay, just wear white socks, and then we'll we'll make these little colored socks that go over top of it. And that's how stirrups were invented. So you're saying that the red socks was originally a disease. <laughs> Gotcha. No, I gotcha. A little favoritism, but sure. No, and then, I mean, I know how the cup was invented, but when they handed me that and said, here, you got to put this in your underwear, I was like, mm, I don't think this game's for me. This doesn't seem right at all. Dude, I love the cup. Like, I was so happy when it was introduced to me. I'm like, oh, I feel safe. I felt I felt particularly unsafe. Like, what about my face, though? Like, the eight, face part. Eight, eight and nine-year-olds just get out there and, like, like oh yeah, jungle, just, like, I'm like, I'm like guys, Jewel, calm down. <laughs> it's okay. You've always got the two kids that are just in the outfield wailing on each other's balls, just kicking and punching. <laughs> I don't each know other. what league you the, played in, Tom. So <laughs> <laughs> took a very odd turn. We went from PHP to Little League. Well, leave, it, leave it to Tom well, to make it weird. What I was gonna say was one of the things that has me ultra paranoid about security is this week's big news with Linus Tech Tips. So, was that real? I thought I thought it was clickbait on a, his nope. video. I no, didn't watch it. Real. No, so Linus Tech Tips. You, you got an eyeful if you watched. There was a lot to watch. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? Uh, Linus Tech Tips channel went down for couple days um because they got hacked and it's like shit if he can get hacked like it can happen to anybody uh oh but, really that, that was the one that put you over the edge linus tech tips well yeah he's very security minded but someone within the organization received what they thought was a pdf opened it and then it just took over the youtube cha like whole chain changed every password changed all the content deleted all the videos and uploaded a scam, a Tesla scam that uh, was a video of Elon Musk promoting crypto. Yeah. And it was it was rough. I mean, he does a breakdown of it in uh, the video you can see in this article here. Uh, he talks about it extensively on the the podcast that he does. Uh, so but 
the video, John. Let me see if I can find it. Is, is, a video, yeah. is this it? Oh, this is the video yeah. here. The video is like, oh, hush. The video is him running around his house naked trying to figure out what's going on with his YouTube channel. Really? It was like, <laughs> wow, that, that was, that's more of you than I wanted to see. Well, so he was, he was talking about that with his CTO, and apparently they both did the exact same thing. They both just jumped out of bed naked. And then sat in front of their computers for four hours before they finally like had the chance to get dressed. And it's like wow. I've ha- I've totally had situations like that where something horrible happens, a site goes down, and you're just you you're too busy for hours. It's awful. But uh, and it's one of those things that never goes down at a convenient time. It's not like oh yeah, this is a good time for it to go down. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm alert. I'm awake. I'm not intoxicated. I'm well fed. Yeah, no, that does. That's not how it works. Yeah, so uh, he he ended up pulling a forty-eight hour day, just trying to get this thing fig- figured out and fixed back up. And he's very lucky uh, that he has contacts within YouTube and within Google to get it fixed. But uh, apparently, this is you know multiple times a day some channel gets hacked and this this gets done to it. Uh, it's wow. yeah, it's real. It's real bizarre. I mean, it's one of those things, like, I, f- I feel like it's that whole, you know, if, if somebody wants to steal your car, they're going to steal your car. And it's like that. It's like, if somebody wants to wants to jack your site, they're going to jack your site. Like, there's as as much security as you put in place, you're, you're just, like, getting, like, the amateurs and the people that don't know, like, the real hacks and the real secrets. Yeah. But there's, like, a whole culture of people out there that have access to everything, and they just, you know, they pick and choose when they attack. and. That's why we we try to stay so irrelevant in the community. Like we're not important. That's all by plan. So, speaking of irreverent, we you kind of glossed over your tweet or your your uh, toots earlier this week, which was what? absolutely I hilarious. I don't think I saved it. I should. I meant to. If I didn't, well, while you're while but, you're looking that up, I. One thing I th- that that baffles me is the people who fall for these crypto scams, and I sort of like like well okay LTT's channel got hacked, but who's going to send their Bitcoin to this random address thinking they're getting it doubled back to them? Like who's actually going to fall for it? And then like a day after this happened, some school administrator got caught sending a hundred thousand dollars of of the treasury's money in Bitcoin to a scammer. What? And it's like what? How is this possible still? I, I, I'm i so disillusioned with crypto. I think it has its place. And like definitely international money transfers. It's it's a big deal. I, I think it could be a way bigger deal. It just became just a hot mess. Right. It was, it was the tech bubble three. You know, it was pets.com again. Yeah. So earlier this week, Eric kind of sent out a message. I feel like I'm starting to understand why my team doesn't like working with me. And then he shared a screenshot of internal communications, which are supposed to be private communications, but he leaked it himself for some odd reason. And he said, I, I love how you, you changed it to nice guy. <laughs> like you changed out their handles. Is there any reason your naming convention of 
client underscore capital I capital D has an uppercase ID where everything else is lowercase. Also, you can go to hell for doing that. <laughs> Their response. Oh, yeah. It's just because that's the blank naming convention. I can change that to lowercase if you like. And then Eric's response. I want to say it's fine. Because then I will always think of you when I see it. But then I remembered, I don't like thinking of you now. So, yeah, why don't you change it? (laughs) I regret nothing. The the funny part is the people that, I mean, the people that know you, but they don't know know you. And they're like, seriously, what the fuck did I just write? What is wrong with you? I don't my, my my team had to come to my aid. Like, no, 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 it's, it's fine. He's an asshole. Don't worry about it. We're used to it. <laughs> yeah, not not he isn't an asshole. It's just he is an asshole. We know it's okay. John keeps saying he's going to call uh, HR, but he never does because he's an asshole too. <laughs> I, I actually like your responses. Like, why, why why are the variable names so long? Just use like a Q. <laughs> It's it's in our our, uh, our documentation. Exactly. You guys aren't using uh, like PHP stand or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Use yeah PHP stand. Enforce all those rules in there. Enjoy PHP stand. There's a new there's a new stand out there. Blade stand got released this oh, week. That actually reminds me. I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off, Tom. I, I want to say this before I lose it. No, it's okay. Uh, That's I, just Eric. I need your help with some, some testing, John. I actually, so we talked about the longitude latitude service for uh, looking up addresses. That's the other thing my wonderful team brought to my attention. I think it was Frank that brought it to my attention, actually. Frank or Caitlin, one of those two. It's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Frank. Said, hey, uh, you are mocking those services, right? Like, Every time you run the Ooh. test, you're not calling the services. I'm like, yeah, of course. I mean, muck. That I should probably do <laughs> See, that. I was gonna mention that when you said that when you said that you were doing custom services. I was like, you know, one of the nice things about that is you can mock it for your tests, so it's the same, you know, same behavior. Yeah, to- it's totally just... forgot about it. Totally forgot about mocking altogether. <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, I should. I should probably. I think I understand. I think I know how to do it. I just, uh, I just haven't uh, yeah. because I had a I had a crappy day today. I mean, I had a good day. We got to talk to one of the sponsors for PHP Tech, but for, man, uh, I, way longer than I anticipated. But it was really a good conversation. Yeah. yeah. So, so I ended up down in San Diego <laughs> this morning because I took my kid to the airport, who was flying back north again, and. Uh, I, I so the, the 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 way we do this is we drop the kid off at the airport, and because we live so far away now, we hang out there until the airplane actually takes off. Because you never know, if, you know, something goes sideways and they don't make the plane, the plane gets canceled. And you, I want to be local, so I I had hung out there until that happened. Then we jumped on this call with um, with a client. And then, and like John said, that call runs a little longer. And I, I'm really wanting to get home. Like I, I really want to get home before noon because like, it traffic starts to build up pretty quickly in Southern California. So I was looking to get out of here. So I go to leave, and I, I got a flat. Well, I don't have a flat tire. I have a low tire. I'm like, what the hell? So I go and I, I stop at the gas station, and, and 
it's just like I, I put I'm putting the air in and I can see it right there in the middle of the tire, this big ass nail. I'm like, God damn it. So I and it it's like it's not really holding the air in again, long drive home. So I'm like, God, I'm gonna have to get this fixed before I go home. You're lucky you can get it fixed if it's home to like five o'clock, huh? You're lucky you can get it fixed. The middle of the tire is where you can get it fixed. I've I keep getting them in the sidewalls. Yeah, you can't fit can't fix the sidewall. Yeah. So yeah, today just turned into a suck day all around. I just couldn't get back to the house, and I, I got stuck in traffic all the way home. And yeah, it's but I enjoyed now, uh, enjoyed talking to the sponsor. There was there was a Reddit thread though, where all of these tire repair techs basically admitted that if it happens to their tire, they'll fix it. Like you can fix it. It's oh, just not as good a fix. It's the, same, it's the same thing. I mean, the, the, the process, it's still the rubber tire. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's the same thing. <laughs> so that that's something I learned today. I, I've had this car. So we got this car after we moved into the new house. And we specifically got a hybrid to kind of help with, with the gas cost because we knew we were going to be driving a lot. And uh, so, but I haven't like had the tires worked on or anything like that. So I go to the tire tire shop uh, here down in San Diego, and they're like, "Okay, um, I need the lock, uh, the lock." I'm like, "I, I gave you <laughs> the, the lock, I gave you the key fob. There's no doubt for your tire." I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And they had lock. It had a lock lug on yeah. it. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh shit! I don't know where that is." <laughs> so uh, I'm like, "I'm like, yeah, let's check the trunk." And fortunately. The, the vehicle I have is a very well thought out vehicle. So like everything has a spot. So it's like, it's not like they just took this little lock lug and threw it in the trunk, in the trunk, like under the little panel, there's a little, little holder for it. So it like has a place back there. And it's just like, you open it up like, Oh, that's gotta be it. Right. So. I say, I bought my car used. We took it in for tires and they said, Hey, where's the locking lug? And uh, I went, the what? Was we didn't have it, and so they ended up. We ended up having them weld a bar onto the uh, lug nut and just break it off. What? That's the they solution. They really don't have any other workaround for that. Uh, it's a Canadian model Infinity, so they just like didn't have the key. That's crazy. So I was like, okay, whatever. I don't care. <sighs> All right, let's break. I have a question, we're, Eric. We're... That hat looks like brand new. The the one with the I'm a PHP architect. It's not Same brand new because it has the old logo. For years. Oh, you're right. <gasps> Look at that. <laughs> oh, it's the old logo. Oh, I need to fix that. I think I have a sticker. I'm just going to put a sticker on it. It'll be fine. I'll just throw a sticker up there. There you go. <laughs> yeah. No, this All is right. the same hat I've been wearing. <laughs> All right, we're, we're, that... run, we, we're running long. I'm You're gonna close. Long. I'm gonna I'm gonna close out on the last bit of of PHP, and then we'll shut it down. All right, deal. All right, sold. I'm hoping that this can be made open source. I wanted to map user IDs that are in a legacy system to a UUID. So I brought up with the team. Hey, I, this is what I want to do. I'm going to create a table because there are million millions of records and the table is huge. So I'm just going to have this 
user to UUID map table. But before I do this, I want your your input. And somebody came back and said, I've already been working on this. They actually have code that maps a an ID to a UUID in a deterministic fashion. And they they gave me the PR tonight. I haven't fully looked at it, but to me, that's like like what you can take a, an int. We're actually using two or three different pieces of information to make a UUID, and then you could take that UUID and then almost decrypt it into those three pieces of information. Hmm. So it's it's deterministic both ways. I'm hoping that it's clean enough that that it can be open source because to me i think that's really neat that invites the criticism of the cryptography crowd though and they will just roast you so it's not so let me be clear it's not meant to be cryptographically secure sure but still it's these it's these sort of one-way or two-way encodings that are very mathematically sound out in the world right now like md5s and shahs and stuff like that yeah, I think I, I got to make a potty run with the puppy, so we need to wrap it up. We were wrapping up anyway. I thought All it was right. interesting. I'll it let you know more next is, week. I, I you, you know, see we it. just did that on our other project too, right? Except did we it? just we just added a column to the user table and just created UIDs for everybody. Well, no, yeah, I would like to do that, but when you're talking about a table that is. If you try to alter it at all, you're taking down the website for hours at a time and it's yeah. not acceptable. That's the problem. Yeah. Okay. I am I am calling it. I don't care. John No, I called it. Times, I I'm already called call it. Now. This has been episode I'm calling it. 29 of PHP Ugly Podcast. I'm Eric. Do you want to try that again? I'm John. I'm Tom. Keep, keep it ugly. It ugly.